Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock, your host, with you on this Monday edition of Mock Draft Monday, as we will continue to do leading up to the NFL Draft. The draft is still on. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm glad. And for sports fans, for NFL fans, the fact that we have this and uh, a lot of other fans of a lot of other sports don't have much to follow. But the offseason is fun, and uh, we've always gotten deep into the draft here on the podcast. We will continue to do so every day, but Mondays will be Mock Draft Monday. We will take a look at the Twitter quarantine mock that we did. Part two of that mock draft, we did one last week. This week now, there is an extra draft pick to play with in the first round at number 13 overall. So how did my Twitter followers and listeners of the podcast vote? And by the way, if you haven't gotten involved in that, you've got to find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. We'll do it again next weekend, and uh, it's a really fun exercise in letting everybody vote. I picked the top four candidates from the Draft Network's Mock Draft Machine, and the folks on Twitter vote for who that selection will be. So we will talk about that. The 49ers officially are not going to be bringing back wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders, so there might be some tie-in between that need and the first round of the NFL Draft now that the 49ers have Two picks there. We'll get into Emmanuel Sanders. How much is he getting? Did the 49ers make the right decision not trying to bring Sanders back at the number that he got from the New Orleans Saints? Nice pickup, by the way, by the New Orleans Saints who needed that number two wide receiver. But so did the 49ers, right? And we will take a look at some mailbag questions, Twitter and email in segment number three. Don't forget to hit me with those questions at BD Peacock on Twitter. Locked on 49ers at Gmail. You can subscribe to this show on all of your favorite podcast apps and find it at LockedOn49ers.com. Emmanuel Sanders is a New Orleans Saint. He signed a two-year, $16 million deal, according to ESPN. 16 mil, so 8 mil per year, but it's worth up to $19 million. So apparently there's $3 million worth of incentives or some sort of bonus structure there for Emmanuel Sanders on a two-year deal. Eight mil a year is an interesting number because that comes in lower than a lot of people expected for Emmanuel Sanders. It's actually a pay cut for the $11 million per year he was making last year. And it's, it's surprising. It's surprising that the 49ers didn't want to do something with Sanders for that number. Or maybe the 49ers had already bailed out of discussions with Sanders, and that's what it sounded like. They just they didn't think they were going to get a deal done or didn't want to try to get a deal done. Uh, it seemed like they had other plans, and they, they thought he wasn't going to fit into their structure, into their budget for 2020, which is really interesting when he ends up signing for $8 million per year, which is what Jimmy Ward signed for. And I think most people would have said, man, you know what? Emmanuel Sanders is more important probably to the team than Jimmy Ward on a one-year basis, um, if you look long-term, maybe Jimmy Ward has a chance to be around a lot longer. So you have to factor that in. But I would pay $8 million for a starting wide receiver before I'd pay $8 million for a starting safety. So interesting decision by the 49ers. And according to Schefter, Adam Schefter at ESPN, Sanders also talked with the Cowboys and Green Bay Packers potentially about a deal, but wanted to play with Drew Brees Ended up going to the New Orleans Saints. Two-year contract, 8 mil per. Interesting number there. And look, 
The 49ers gave up a lot to get him, and he was impactful, and he was important for the 49ers, especially right when he got there. And, you know, that waned a little bit as Debo started to get more, and maybe that was part of it for the 49ers. Obviously, they made that trade, so now they have the 13th pick in the draft. You have to think that that factors in. Reading the tea leaves, it really looks like the 49ers are going to use either pick 13 and most likely pick 13, maybe pick 31 on a wide receiver in this draft with the way things are lining up. The fact that they let Emmanuel Sanders walk and they made that trade for the 13th pick, moving DeForest Buckner, then signing the other two big free agents that they had coming into this offseason in Eric Armstead and Jimmy Ward. But the 49ers spent a lot to get Emmanuel Sanders, and spending a third and fourth round pick for a rental player is quite a bit. And the fact that the 49ers made the Super Bowl makes it completely worth it. I mean, you would trade a third and fourth round pick every year, no matter who the player was, if that meant you were going to get to the Super Bowl. And I think that Emmanuel Sanders had a, had a bit of big impact on the 49ers. So that makes it worth it, no matter what. Now, just because it worked this time, does that mean it was a really sound decision if you were not going to re-sign a player and you spent a third and fourth to get Emmanuel Sanders and a fifth? A fifth rounder came back, which the 49ers now have two fifths and two sevenths in this draft, even though they don't have a pick in the second, third, or fourth round. That second rounder, if you remember, was part of the D. Ford trade when they signed him last offseason. But they now have two first-round picks, which helps make up for that, and they could trade down and add some more day-two picks if they wanted. But the Emmanuel Sanders trade, was it worth it? When it all adds up, I think you have to say it was a successful move by the 49ers. They made it to the Super Bowl. I mean, you just can't even argue with, with those results, right, of what happened at the end of the 2019 season. A second and third, you get Emmanuel Sanders. You get a fifth-rounder back in that trade. But the 49ers also, and that's a, this is a little sneaky aspect of this, which helps the 49ers, and it won't help this year, but it'll help, help next year in the draft. Looking at the compensatory pick equation, the only outside free agent the 49ers have added was Tom Compton. And there were reports it was a $3 million deal. It's looking like it's going to be more like a $1.5 million deal or something like that. So backup salary, he's most, most likely going to be a backup player. And this absolutely means that the 49ers are in line at this point if they don't bring any more big money free agents in. And that's not a done deal yet. They could still add some, some players. But they might be involved in that compensatory selection. The league gives out 32 picks every year. So the draft is actually essentially eight rounds long when it's all said and done when they add an extra round worth of compensatory picks the 49ers are probably going to get a pick you know maybe it's another fifth round or something like that fourth fifth sixth round pick who knows we'll see what the formula looks like see uh, if the 49ers lose any of the other free agents that they still have none of those players will be making big money so they probably will not impact one of the top 32 salaries that are divvied out around the league in the NFL but Sanders does so we'll see what happens this uh that that trade might actually still get the 49ers one more day three draft pick in the 2021 draft which would just help a little bit but I think overall still a success Emmanuel Sanders was impactful for the 49ers got them to a Super Bowl and uh cheers to Emmanuel Sanders good luck in New Orleans and he did have a message for the 49ers fans and the organization and teammates via Instagram he said quote four months is all I had with the Niners faithful, and it was some of the best times of my life. Thank you guys for embracing me. From the moment I stepped into Levi's Stadium, your energy is contagious, and it matched so well with mine. 
to my teammates, coaches, and the whole Niners organization. Thank you for the love and realness you showed me day in and day out. There was never a time that I didn't want to go to work. The laughter and good times we had, I'll never forget. Love all you guys. 17. So that was the message on Instagram from Emmanuel Sanders to the Niners, Niners fans, the organization, his teammates. Seems like he had a pretty good time, and it's got to be fun going to the Super Bowl for a veteran that you get traded to a new team and things work out pretty well, and you know he's got a really good shot. And look, the NFC, the 49ers are going to run into the Saints again if they want to try to get to another Super Bowl, and so uh, he might be on the other side this time. I think it's a really good get for the New Orleans Saints. Makes a lot of sense for what they have going on that roster. Too. So that means the 49ers have an opportunity to potentially add the next starting wide receiver to their roster in the draft. Let's talk mock draft Monday, Twitter quarantine 49ers seven round mock part two. Before we get into the draft here, just another thought about the wide receiver position for the 49ers, who you will continually see players mock to at that position at pick 13 for the Niners in every mock draft, probably leading up to April, if not 13, then 31. But the 49ers, even if they draft a player there who ends up being the starter at some point in year one, we saw how Debo was not quite ready to start. And Debo himself said his head was spinning in training camp trying to learn Kyle Shanahan's playbook. And that's after having a little bit of time with Shanahan at the Senior Bowl already. It's going to take a little bit of time for a rookie. And the 49ers need some veteran presence. So whether it's another free agent, a low-level free agent, a second-wave guy that they bring in at that position, or they hold on to everybody who's currently in-house. And specifically, you think of veterans who've been around long enough to impart wisdom and that really know the scheme that could play a big role for the 49ers next year. Who knows about Dante Pettis, but Marquise Goodwin would seem to be that guy. And by the way, moving... Marquise Goodwin's salary would have gone a long way to being able to fit Emmanuel Sanders under the cap for you. So they obviously made a decision there, I think, that really points to Goodwin sticking around. And I just don't think the 49ers are going to get a lot in trade if they are still shopping Marquise Goodwin. There was you know, talk that maybe Marquise Goodwin would want to try to go do the track thing and, and be a, an Olympic long jumper and try to compete for the Olympics. And the Olympics are looking like they are not going to happen at this rate. So maybe Marquise Goodwin is somebody who is in the plan for the 49ers in 2020. And the 49ers are going to need that veteran presence. Trent Taylor is another player, but you don't know what you're going to get there. If the 49ers draft a guy, he will likely play the position that Marquise Goodwin would be playing. So a player to learn from, a player to watch how he runs his reps. I got to believe that Marquise Goodwin could be that starting X wide receiver for the 49ers next year. But I also think that it means that Kyle Shanahan thinks that Debo Samuel, the development he saw in his rookie season, is going to be the target hog at wide receiver for the offense. So they don't need as much of a true veteran number one presence that Emmanuel Sanders was when he showed up. They see it probably more like what it was like at the very end of the season in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl where it was Debo's show. You know, it's, it's George Kittle and it's Debo. And that's where... Most of the targets are going to go. So the other wide receiver will be a little bit more of a secondary option. And they have Kendrick Bourne. So there are some bodies at wide receiver for the 49ers, but still up in the air on how that's all going to shake out. Who can they count on? And you got to believe there's going to be a rookie in the mix, a very highly drafted rookie 
as there was in the Twitter quarantine mock Saturday that we ran, and it lasted all day. I did it. I was there was 15 minutes per pick last week when I did it. I did it for an hour this time because I just wanted more people to be involved. And when it came to the first pick in the draft for the 49ers at 13, it really went in a direction that there was no other choice. I think for most of the people voting, 513 votes, 87.5 percent of them were for Jerry Judy, wide receiver. Alabama at number 13 to the 49ers. The other candidates at 13 were Florida cornerback C.J. Henderson, Georgia offensive tackle Andrew Thomas, and South Carolina defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw. And none of them got more than 5.1% of the votes. And most of the other players who would have really competed with Judy, I think, in a Twitter vote scenario for that selection, we're already off the board. So this is pretty much a no-brainer for 49ers fans. And to be honest, I think Jerry Judy is the one wide receiver who will not be there for the Niners. I think there's a better chance that it's either C.D. Lamb or Henry Ruggs there. And we might have to have a head-to-head with those two wide receivers next week when we look at this mock draft. Because that might be a much tougher decision for the folks voting for the number 13 pick in the NFL draft for the 49ers. Jerry Judy is who went in this one. And then we had a mock trade at pick 31. And I think there is a good chance that the 49ers move down from one of these two selections and add a couple picks. This time it was with the Indianapolis Colts, a trade that if you listen to the show last week with Evan Sidery of Locked On Colts, we talked about, hey, there's been an open line of communication between these teams. I could really see the Colts who have two second round picks jumping up from either 34 or 44 like it was in this case, to jump up to 31 to get a player at the end of the first round, whether it's a wide receiver or a quarterback. Here it was, quarterback Jordan Love out of Utah State, the final first-round caliber quarterback going there at 31 to the Colts. The 49ers gave up a fifth-rounder as well to move down and get a second and third-round pick at 44 and 75 from the Colts. So that was the mock trade, and 86.5, another blowout vote here, uh, 86% of the folks out there thought that that was a good trade to take over drafting someone like Neville Gallimore at defense tackle or J.K. Dobbins at running back or A.J. Terrell, the Clemson, a corner at 31. So Twitter voted for the trade. That brought us to pick 44, and cornerback Trevon Diggs out of Alabama was the selection, getting 45.9% of the votes. That corner I just mentioned at 31, still on the board at 44. A.J. Terrell out of Clemson. But it was Trevon Diggs who won this vote. Dobbins at running back. There was still some good running backs there in the second round that I had to throw out there just to see if people were interested. But they were not biting, and I would have not bit. One player that I might bite on in the second round for the 49ers, it's a little bit more difficult because of the contract situation for Weston Richburg right now. The Niners restructured it, and they're pretty locked in there. But there's some injury concerns with him, and... They brought back Ben Garland, so you might not draft a center, but Matt Hennessy, the center from Temple, I think is Kyle Shanahan's type for sure. Look out for him potentially if the 49ers want to go interior offensive line on day two of the draft. But it was Trevon Diggs here, a pair of Alabama products at the first two picks at 13. Wide receiver Jerry Judy at 44. In the second round, Trevon Diggs, a cornerback, a big long corner, Stephon's Little brother, by the way. And so that brings us to round three, 75 overall. The the second pick that we got from the Indianapolis Colts in this trade. 
And the Twitterverse, this one got a lot closer. 33.5% of the votes went to Auburn defensive lineman Marlon Davidson. He's sort of a, a defensive tackle, defensive end hybrid. I think this would be a steal of a draft pick, actually. I really like Marlon Davidson at this point in the draft. I think there's a very good chance he goes in round two. So, so some nice value, I think, by the folks voting for this mock on Twitter. It's really, I think... The 49ers would be lucky if it went down this way. I think this is a really good mock for the Niners. But Marlon Davidson, he he would even stand up as an edge rusher sometimes at Auburn. He could kick inside. He's 6'3", 300 pounds. So, you know, that sounds like a defensive tackle, right? So, But he's not big enough. You wouldn't want him playing defense. He's not a direct DeForest Buckner replacement. You know, he, he would be somebody who is a nickel rusher from inside, but more of a big end. So similar kind of to a lot of players the 49ers already have in-house like Solomon Thomas and Eric Armstead. In fact, he actually reminds me a little bit of Ronald Blair, who's you know a thicker body guy but has some quicks and can rush from the outside. Kind of a 300-pound version of Ronald Blair, a rich man's version, which is what I see in Marlon Davidson. So a good pick there and a good value. And he beat out Prince Tega Wanogo, his teammate from Auburn at offensive tackle, Matt Pert, offensive tackle from UConn, and Sadiq Charles, who's sort of a a, a really athletic guard, maybe offensive tackle, played offensive tackle at LSU. I like him at guard in the NFL. Sadiq Charles was the runner-up with 29% of the votes. So the defensive tackle beat out three offensive linemen there in round three. Round five of the Twitter quarantine mock, pick 156 overall, went with a local product in Stanford. Tight end Colby Parkinson, six foot seven tight end who... I mean, use the term tight end loosely. He's split out wide a lot, not much of a blocker, much more of a wide receiver. He got 40% of the votes. I don't know if the 49ers will be looking for that style of a tight end in this draft, but tight end is absolutely a need after Levine Toy Lolo got signed by the New York Giants. Garrett Selleck retired. Niners do have a need there at tight end, and I think think they would probably be looking for more of a Toy Lolo type, more of that sixth offensive lineman, someone who is a really good blocker at the position. He beat out one of my favorite sleeper prospects in this draft, super long, tall offensive tackle out of South Carolina State, Alex Taylor, running back Darrington Evans, another sleeper player who would be a fantastic value and, and probably much better value than a tight end at this point in the draft. Appalachian State running back Darrington Evans, who... Got a little Matt Breida to him, someone who would absolutely fit in Kyle Shanahan's scheme. I think he'll be gone before 156, though. And uh, Tyler Clark, defensive tackle from Georgia, were all beat out by Colby Parkinson, the tight end from Stanford. In round six, I got a little bit of a feeling at this point in the draft that some people weren't either not studied up on these prospects or didn't care or didn't try to go take a peek and see who these guys were before they made a vote. I think they saw the position were like, look, haven't drafted a center or haven't drafted an offensive lineman at all yet in the first four picks. Uh, sixth round, there was one offensive lineman here on the list, and I think that's why Jake Hansen got the most clicks. He's worth a late-round selection, but he's not someone that blows you away physically. Jake's, Jake Hansen, center from Oregon, but is a scheme fit, I think, for what the 49ers do up front. He beats out Colorado linebacker speedster Davion Taylor, who reminds me a lot of the Dre Greenlaw of this draft, right? Really undersized, former safety, super fast linebacker. Uh, Nose tackle Benito Jones out of Ole Miss and Tanner Muse, linebacker safety hybrid from Clemson. 
And the final pick in the draft, seventh rounder, number 245 overall. Twitter voted for Legarius Sneed, safety slash cornerback from Louisiana Tech. I think he was the pick in the seventh round last week when we did this, right? He ran a 4-3 at the combine. I think that's partially why. A little bit of Tarverius Moore there. I think Tarverius Moore is a little bit better hitter than Legarius Sneed, but 4-3 speed, a lean, long safety in college that the 49ers would maybe potentially try at cornerback first before they let him stick at safety like they did with Tarverius Moore. That's how I view Legarius Sneed and would be a nice flyer, I think, late in the draft. He got 41% of the votes here in the seventh round over one of my favorites late in the draft is a try-hard guy, nonstop motor, defensive tackle out of UAB by the name of Garrett Marino. Undersized, but I like him as sort of a nickel rusher type, someone that could come in and compete in training camp for a role on the team. Adrian Killens, running back slash kick returner, super speedy and not big at all. I think 5'8", 170 pounds or something like that out of UCF. And Joe Reed, another kick returner, wide receiver out of Virginia, were beaten out by Legarius Sneed. So that was the Twitter quarantine mock part two. Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama. Trevon Diggs, corner out of Alabama. Marlon Davidson, defensive lineman from Auburn. Colby Parkinson, tight end from Stanford. Jake Hansen, center from Oregon. And Legarius Sneed, the defensive back out of Louisiana Tech. I think they did a pretty good job there on Twitter voting for this one. And, you know, it helps that I cull the four players that they get to a chance to, to vote for so they don't just get to go all hog wild and draft anybody who's available on the board. But not bad. Some value. Not a bad haul there from those of you who were voting on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, let's hit a few mailbag questions, some tweets, and some emails next. While we're on the topic of wide receivers, Ben asks the question, if the Raiders take Judy and Ruggs is still available, should the 49ers pounce given they don't utilize deep speed? I feel like he has a lot of potential, but Jimmy is more of a short area thrower. Also, what does CD Lamb offer that we don't already have in Debo Samuel? Jerry Judy seems like the best fit but I really don't think he'll be there. Uh, Thank you very much for the other kind words you said here in this email, Ben, and thank you for the question. And that's a question I've struggled with. And actually, there is some similarities. CeeDee Lamb, I I think, ideally would play maybe the same position that Debo Samuel does, although they could coexist just fine too. I like what CeeDee Lamb brings to the table. I have Lamb I definitely have Judy higher than both of those players. And I do think I agree with you that Jerry Judy will be gone. I mean, Kyle Shanahan will love Jerry Judy. He just explodes out of his breaks as a route runner. And then he's got speed after the catch too to turn it on and he can get deep so he can threaten teams deep. He has a lot of everything. He doesn't play a really physical above the rim type of game. And he's not... Extremely large, but 6'1", he's skinny, 193 pounds, but has some size. Just a lot to like. Just the explosiveness, the way he gets in and out of his breaks, the way he takes off from the line of scrimmage and, and releases and immediately puts pressure on defensive backs is pretty special. So he's really good. I think he's going to go first, and it might be... It might be a situation where the 49ers only have their choice of one of those three guys, and... The way I look at things right now, if I was doing a mock draft myself and picking for all of these teams, which is definitely uh, something I'm going to be doing, and then I'll share it here on the podcast, and I kind of run through a few scenarios already, but the Jets, they've signed 
I think they re-signed one of their current offensive linemen and then signed four other free agent offensive linemen. So it seems like they're gearing up to go wide receiver with the 11th pick. And then, of course, the Raiders at 12. So it could go boom, boom. And all of a sudden, the 49ers only have one to choose from, from those three. In the debate, C.D. Lamb and Ruggs is going to be interesting with 49ers fans. I'm already seeing a lot of it on Twitter. And they're two very different players. And uh, I think it's going to be split 50-50 because people are going to love Ruggs' speed. And I love Ruggs' speed. And those guys are back-to-back on what my big board looks like it's going to be for the 49ers, too. So the talent level is close. They're very different players. I think Ruggs offers something different than what the 49ers have right now especially when you look long-term and look at what you would pair with with Debo Samuel. I think Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs would definitely be more of a compliment, a different style, and, and C.D. Lamb is different than Debo, but wins in a similar way. He And Debo, I think, has got a little bit more juice down the field. C.D. Lamb doesn't win, isn't going to run by DBs. He ran a 4-5 flat, which is a good time for him, and he's got enough speed. He's got fine speed and a lot of the best wide receivers in the NFL ran 4-5, so that's not a problem at all. But he's not going to run by you. But the things he does well is so important in the NFL, and they're, they're skills that translate. He's got great feet. I think he can be an even better route runner when he starts running NFL routes versus what they do at Oklahoma, which is, you know, Big 12 football is just another beast. And that's one of the things I don't like about Lamb is the offense he came from. You can still see it all, and you can see all the traits, so I don't have a problem with that. But the defenses he played is the one thing I have a problem with because he, his run out of the cat run after catch is good, but it's not as good as what you think it is because the defenses he played against were so bad, and he's making plays after the catch where, in the NFL, he'd have been tackled instantly after he caught the ball, or even in the SEC, maybe. I mean, he he's just doing silly things to some of these defenses in the Big Twelve that I don't know if it's going to be that easy in the NFL, but he offers. Effort after the catch. He's got good feet and instincts running with the ball and some vision. So he's good after the catch, even though he's not dynamic athletically. He's got really good feet and can get open on the short and intermediate levels. And he makes plays down the field because of his ball skills. And he's got the best ball skills of the three. That's the thing he does have over both those other players is he's a little bit bigger. And he's still only just under 6'2 and 198 pounds. So he's not a huge, and that would make me feel a lot better about CeeDee Lamb, maybe put him at the number one wide receiver as if he had a little more deep speed and can threat teams better down the field, or if he was just bigger. Because if he's going to play that brand of football where he's, and he the, the players he gets compared to most, DeAndre Hopkins and guys like Des Bryant, because they're beasts at the catch point, he's like 15 to 20 pounds lighter than both those guys. So he's not just going to, beast on players like he's a power forward in the NFL because he's not big enough, even though he, he's got some dog in him and just the ball skills. He'll make acrobatic catches, pure hands, the way he tracks the ball in the air, the way he attacks the ball. There's a lot to like about CeeDee Lamb and a lot about him translates. Higher floor, lower ceiling, I think, than Judy and Ruggs. And with Ruggs, you know, he's the obvious. He ran four two seven. He is so fast. He'll make one play, and he gets lost. He was the number three receiver. At Alabama, there was two other guys. There's another guy coming out next year that's going to be another first-round player who's as good, maybe even better than Judy and Ruggs. So he only had about 750 yards receiving, and you get he gets lost, and you're watching Alabama, and you're like, okay, well, what about Ruggs? And, and then all of a sudden, there'll be that one play where he just explodes. And he's got the deep speed. He keeps teams honest. He will 
I think, open things up a little bit for others just because defenses have to know that that guy's on the field, and if you don't have a safety over the top, he can just run by anybody. Like It would be so fun, I think, for the 49ers when you know you have that player on offense, and he's not just track fast, he isn't just time fast, he plays fast. You know you have a guy who's literally faster than every single defensive player in the NFL. Like It's a nice weapon to have, and it's different than what we've seen from Marquise Goodwin, who ran, I think, an identical 40 time, actually, at the Combine, right? Wasn't Marquise Goodwin 427 or 428? I think it's 427 also. And Marquise Goodwin's super fast. And I see a lot of rugs being able to do those routes well, too. I think one of Marquise Goodwin's best routes was a dig, you know, a deep in. And Ruggs runs that route really well. Obviously, you can get deep with that speed, even though the 49ers have tended not to utilize the deep ball all that much but just being able to threaten it. And one thing that Ruggs does do is after the catch, he's really good because of just that speed. And he he's no nonsense after the catch. And he's got some toughness, which I like. And he's got hops, which help his 5'11 height play up a little bit. He's got some hops, and he's not afraid to go make a, a catch in traffic. He's not afraid to put his head down after the catch and run through an arm tackle. So he, there's some toughness to his game. He's not like this track guy that's all straight line speed and can't, slow down and make cuts or breaks. He's not that, and he's not just a track guy who's playing football. He's a football player, and and so he's got natural instincts on the football field. He, he's a ball player, and he's fast, and I would have no problem with Ruggs at 13 either, and it's really close, and you could probably talk me into Ruggs over C.D. Lamb, but Jerry Judy is, is definitely number one for me, but I think he's not going to be there, so that's why Lamb versus Ruggs is going to be such a fun conversation over the course of the next month or so. So on one hand, yeah, maybe the 49ers don't throw a lot of deep balls. Maybe they want to incorporate more deep balls, though. And on the other hand, maybe Ruggs is a better fit opposite Debo because he's a lot more different than Debo than Lamb is and fits that X wide receiver role, I think, a little bit better. And, you know, if you read the tea leaves, it was interesting that when free agency began, there were some rumors that the 49ers had reached out to Philip Dorsett's agent, who's another speed guy. Interesting that the 49ers didn't really touch base much with Emmanuel Sanders. So maybe they're looking for that speed option in the draft. Maybe they realized this trade was on deck and that they'd have an opportunity to draft. Maybe Henry Ruggs. They met with Henry Ruggs, by the way, at the Combine, which can mean a lot, which can mean nothing sometimes. But you know they've met with him. You know that they have that pick now and didn't really go hard to try to re-sign Emmanuel Sanders, knowing that that trade was happening. Checked in on some wide receivers with speed. So, yeah, if you're reading the tea leaves, I think maybe Henry Ruggs is starting to match up a little bit with what's going on right now in 49er land. And there's not going to be a lot of other meetings, so they're not going to be able to bring guys in now with what's going on. And the pro days situation is crazy for prospects who didn't run the combine. I mean, they're kicking themselves now. I'm, what a What a wild situation it is for the scouting community and prospects trying to get some times out there and FaceTiming with coaches and GMs. Wild times we're living in, man. Um, we're going to keep talking draft here on the podcast, keep breaking down everything that's going on with the second wave of free agents. I think the 49ers are not completely done, but probably not much splash left. And yeah, it's draft season. Locked on 49ers.